sounds counterintuitive, but the research actually shows that the heavier you lift, um, the better you will become at endurance running. Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. We're going to be squarely in the running and lifting categories today because I've got Brody Sharp of the Run Smarter series and the Run Smarter podcast. Brody is a licensed physio in Australia who specializes in helping athletes prevent injury and create smart, efficient running routines. You guys are going to love hearing from him because he not only goes over the rate of injuries and running and why we get injured, but also how to prevent those injuries. Will women bulk up if they strength train? And if we do add strength training into our routine, should we do it before or after our run? What does it look like in our overall programming and race training? You guys, this one was a doozy. It gets nice and tactical, and I know you are going to learn something. So without further ado, Brody Sharp. I'm a morning person, um, and I always offer the 4 a.m. New York time slot to everybody, right? Four to six is usually when I record these podcasts. Nobody has ever, Brody, taken me up on 4 a.m., but you're located in Australia. <laughs> yes, and this suits me perfectly, so I'm glad that your your time slot's open. <laughs> this is awesome. And Brody, you are the host of the Run Smarter podcast, and this is where you bust misconceptions about running. So let's kick it off. Start it off with, if I'm a runner, right? Should I just primarily run? Should I be sport specific? It's a good question. And it's open to debate. I think there's um, two schools of thought when it comes to the actual, how much variety do we need and how specific do we need to be? I think it depends on the runner. I think it depends the type of running that they're doing and if they're preparing for a race or not. But generally speaking, um, we do need to offer a little bit of variety in our body because of purely because of the prevalence that of running injuries in the running population, no matter if you're elite or just recreational or just love going for a jog a couple of times a week, the the rate of injuries is phenomenal when it comes to runners. And it's pretty much because all of the injuries are running related overuse injuries. So just doing too much, too much repetition, too much of the same thing over and over and over again. And so if you have a runner who's running, say, two to three times a week, and they're not really getting that injured, they're not pushing themselves as much, they probably don't need to do anything variety speaking. But for those who are constantly getting injured or those who are running six to seven times a week, um, you might, especially if they're getting injured, you might want to offer different variations of load or different variations of um, exercise to the body just to keep the body guessing and make sure those weekly loads are a bit more distributed throughout the body because that will reduce your risk of overload injuries, that same specific load or that same specific repetition over and over and over again. But if they're doing, say, preparing for a race and they're four to six weeks out from the race, you do want to get specific. So you want to start training more and more towards that, uh, To I guess, more towards the specifics of the race they're preparing for. I love this answer because obviously you're speaking to injury proofing. You're also speaking to the fact, Brody, that runners are not one size fits all. And if I hear you correctly, I hear you saying when you are cycling down or going into that periodization where you will taper, um, that's when it is time to get running specific. And I think that's the part 
that people leave out for recreational runners often. Yeah, I think the the taper and just like the different phases of preparing for a race, we do need to break it down. We do need to know the importance of each particular phase. And like we said, we need to make sensible decisions. We need to understand a bit more. Um, and yeah, we need to make smarter decisions so that we have our body in tip-top shape for whatever race we're preparing for. All right, Brody. So can you speak specifically to women who don't want to bulk up? You know what I mean? Like what if they're hearing you and they're like, yes, I can get behind that injury proofing. I like doing different movements. I want to challenge my body in different ways. Maybe there's a social component, but they don't want to look muscular. Yeah. I love this topic. It's one of the myths that I have because I specifically work with runners, not necessarily like your listeners who might already be in the gym, already be doing some exercises. It's it's tough to get some runners into the gym and doing some strength training. And one of the objections I always get is I don't want to bulk up. Runners need to be light and lean. Um, yes, we do need to be strong, but I just don't want to put up, put on too much muscle when it comes to being in the gym. And my answer is it just won't happen if you train specifically for uh, like for a runner and you can lift heavy you can train several times a week and those who are in the gym to put on weight they're training specifically for that the the outlook of that training how that training looks is so far different from what we expect runners to to look like when they're in the gym and so it all comes down to diet as well. It comes down to how much um, food you're actually eating and consuming while you're doing these workouts, you know, the, the right balance, how much proteins, the whole specific goal to put on weight just looks so much different. So my answer is you just won't put on weight if you train properly and the body undergoes what we call this interference effect. If you are running several times in the week while also doing strength training, what the body does is recognize, hey, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do cardio? Or do you want me to, to do strength work? And it actually prioritizes the cardio to adapt to the cardio over the strength training. And so you won't put on muscle mass as much because the body's just knowing that you're doing all this cardio and knows that it needs to be lean. And so it is a fear to bulk up and put on muscle mass when you're in the gym, but it just simply won't happen if you follow the right steps. I love it. It won't happen. If you aren't listening and you're worried about that, it won't happen. And Brody, thank you for pointing out that like our body, it's a very intelligent machine. It's go, it's going to gonna adapt. So maybe to that running. Now, if you've got somebody strength training, Brody, do you recommend them doing the strength before their run, after the run? Speak to that person that is balancing running with lifting. Yeah, it's often very tough to fit it into their schedule. Um, a lot of times runners, they're running you know, four or five times a week, sometimes more. And we also tell them to put in strength training two to three times a week. And they're saying, well, where can I fit it in? And so it's good that we bring this up in the conversation. Um, it depends on the runner, depends on what their availability is like. Uh, we do, if the time availability is at hand, then we can do strength training on one day running on another. However, if you're if you don't have that time availability, you can do them on one day. If you wanted to get the adaptation response to full effect, 
you want to allow about seven or eight hours in between either a run or a workout. That way the body doesn't get too confused of what it wants to adapt to, or it doesn't get too confused as to what you're throwing at it. So if you wanted to run in the morning and then do your strength session uh, in the late afternoon or night, that's plenty of time for the body just to reset and adapt to the next training cycle that you're going to put it through. Um, but we do prefer that we do the strength training sessions after a run. We don't want to do a strength training session and run on fatigued leg legs because then we start doing something a little bit different. Um, potentially, if you're fatigued, you can start changing how you're running. Things can get a little bit sloppy. You start to hit the ground a little bit harder. And if we know anything from running injuries and ground reaction forces, that's not an ideal environment that you want to be. So you want to run with fresh legs and then if time is available to you, leave it a couple of hours and then do your strength sessions later on in the day. So this is where that sport specificity comes to mind. So if running is the primary sport, I love hearing you say, especially with knowing, hey, overuse injuries, that is the most common thing. Don't get out there on tired legs and be sloppy. For a lot of the moms that listen to this show, that, that splitting the workout is going to make a lot of sense. So listener, I want you to think about your schedule and maybe you're doing something like Brody pointed out and you're doing that you know, run in the morning and that strength session in the afternoon. Can you tell me, Brody, when you program strength training specific to women, what types of movements are you having them doing? Uh, it's the same as males, actually. <laughs> so actually, it's quite simple. Um, there's It can be as simplistic um, as just doing squats, doing lunges, doing deadlifts, doing calf raises, anything that's trying to encourage the propulsion when it comes to running. Um, th- where people do get a little bit confused is to the repetitions and how heavy we should be lifting. There's often a, a myth that I love busting around that. Um, but if we're talking about specifics and the type of exercises, squats are of one that needs to be in our gym programs. Lunges need to be in our program. Deadlifts need to be in our program, which you haven't done deadlifts before. Um, you might need a little bit of coaching or um, someone to actually watch how you're doing it because it can get a little bit fiddly, and then some calf raises. And that can either be um, doing them standing when the legs are straight or doing them sitting when you actually have the weight almost on the knees and you're doing like a a seated calf raise, which most um, gyms will have as a machine where you um, put weights on the the knees and you do some seated seated calf raises. Um, But to actually do the the right dosage, um, we actually want to encourage runners and those who want to be better at running to start lifting heavier. I know when we eventually convince these runners to get into the gym and start doing strength training, a lot of them just go to bodyweight exercises. They do bodyweight squats, lunges, calf raises. They do their rep ranges around 15 to 25, three sets of those. And they're very good at them because they're lean and they love doing the stuff related to, to body weight. But what we encourage them to do once they're strong enough to do them and once they have the adequate technique is starting to slowly add onto weights. So we're slowly getting towards the, the eight to 10 rep max range, um, which ends up being quite heavy. It takes a couple of months for you to adapt and get there, but that should be the overall goal to start implementing heavier and heavier weights because that can make you a better runner. It sounds counterintuitive, but the research actually shows that the heavier you lift, um, the better you will become at endurance running. 
Oh, I love it. Lift heavy, run long. And is that the misconception you were speaking to just that we think we should be doing body weight and a lot of volume? Yeah, that's right. And um, there's actually some really nice studies out there to show the, like, you get the same um, population of people and put them through different strength strategies, that being body weight, plyometrics, heavy strength, and see how they perform when it comes to a half marathon or a marathon distance. And it does sound counterintuitive that it, it makes sense that you want to be lean, you want to train your muscles for endurance, you want to make sure that they can um, handle those high rep ranges. But what people fail to recognize is that they're already filling their endurance bucket every time they go for a run. So their endurance is almost maxed out. And so when we're in the gym, we, we need to utilize that time to offer different things to the muscle, challenge the muscle in different ways and build up their strength and power uh, while they're not running and just use it as another opportunity to, yeah, to offer the body something different. And so we do see that those who do plyometrics and those who do heavy strength work actually start to improve on their endurance times. So like I said, it's a counterintuitive, but that's why we're here to sort of bust these misconceptions. You know, it makes perfect sense to me if power output is the goal, if we are beginning with the end in mind. I love how you said, like, don't put more endurance in that endurance bucket, like your aerobic capacity. You're you're addressing that with running. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And if you um, if we start lifting heavier and we start actually applying that that principle, the muscles themselves actually become more efficient. They actually can start um, utilizing oxygen a bit better as well. And so when it comes to working at lower intensity intensities, you're actually performing better as well. So you're um, what we call your running economy. So if you're running at a certain speed, it feels a lot easier. Um, so the muscles can start utilizing the oxygen a bit more efficiently. Ooh, as mothers, we love hearing about efficiency. Now, Brody, you mentioned <laughs> like if somebody is unfamiliar with the deadlift, for example, um, getting someone to teach the form. And we know that's really important. We are living in a world at the time of this recording, 2021, there are a lot of like virtual opportunities available, um, as well as still that in person, like you're a physio um, and you do this with folks. What are some of your favorite resources for people if they're interested in strength training or improving that running economy? If they're interested in strength training, um, I do have a book that is great for runners. It's by Richard Blagrove, who is in the UK. He's a researcher and he has a book called Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Runners. And it's something that I constantly refer back to. It does have the type of exercises runners need. It has these running myths like putting on too much weight is or putting on too much muscle is one of the myths that he includes and actually has a, a list of all the research out there to disprove and bust a lot of these myths, but it covers everything. It covers uh, the right technique. It covers how to plan out your weekly progress, um, how to plan out your weekly routine, um, and also those little uh, tips and tricks around technique for squats and lunges and deadlifts and what to look out for. Um, and yeah, it's it's a massive resource. It's, it's complete with all the, the stuff that runners need for strength training. All right, listener, did you hear that? We are strengthening that posterior chain and I'm going to put this book recommendation in the show notes. You will click details or swipe up. Depends on the player that you're in. Brody, tell us more about how to find you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I host the Run Smarter podcast and I help educate runners, help them have clarity and control when it comes to either dealing with injury or preventing running injuries and had a little bit of a taste of it today, just trying to uncover a lot of these myths, but uh, you can download or just search for the Run Smarter podcast. And I recommend if you're new to this sort of stuff, have a listen to the first 10 episodes. They cover the 10 universal principles that every runner needs to know for injury prevention. Um, so I think you can start there and then most people will either reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. My Instagram handle is run smarter series. I regularly post on there for keeping runners updated and trying to educate them as best I can. So, um, you can add those links if you wish. You know, I will again, listener, it's going to be in the show notes, click details or swipe up Brody Sharp of the Run Smarter podcast. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with the moms here. I had a great time. Thanks, Susie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. I want to let you know that you can swipe up in the podcast player that you're in to see the show notes. That's going to take you to my website and you're going to get a deep dive on today's show. Cool, huh? You can think of it as a blog post that complements what was covered today with all of the links and resources discussed. Don't forget to check out the podcast partners as well with some really great offers for you. And until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run Lift Mom Podcast. time for the Alouette product of the week and this week it is my favorite product the restorative enzyme peel yes this is the one that I offer a free sample for you can go to peelsample.com I love this because it is an exfoliation process that only takes a minute nothing complicated or insane or blades or chemicals about this this is aloe vera based with fruit enzymes, you guys, it couldn't be easier to use. What you're gonna do is just put a pea-sized amount onto your fingers, rub it on dry skin, you heard? Dry skin for about a minute, and then you see dead skin cells visibly clump up. You can wipe them right off. I just love that I can see and feel these tangible results. There aren't any chemicals, blades, anything like that to get your skin nice and smooth. You use this on your face, for duh, but then also you can use it on your hands or feet. So if you've got barbell hands that you're trying to get rid of without taking a blade to them, this is it. If your feet, if you've been doing a lot of running, if your heels need some help, this will get them in tip-top shape so you can wear sandals again in the spring. It is the restorative enzyme peel. I want you to click details or swipe up, gonna depend on the player you're in. You can click right over to that product and check it out. Are you tired of meal services that deliver directly to your door, but then cost you another hour to actually prepare it and get onto the table? If so, I think you're gonna love my friends at Factor. They are a delivery service with fully prepared intake friendly, so keto, macro conscious, low carb, vegan, you name it. They have all of these things in a special menu prepared by dietitians 
fresh, never frozen. This is amazing. If you're a busy working mom or you simply need a shortcut, I want you to look no further than Factor. You can go to runliftmompod.com slash Factor. Again, that's runliftmompod.com slash Factor and use Factor 2020 at checkout for 25 bucks off your first week.